Profanity Nation. Yeah, it's the new era of man for some old school fans with a new school brand. We got money on the mic with the plan in hand. And Stat Pat to his left, they go hand in hand. And to the right, we got Simster, he putting it down. It's the Profanity Nation, we running the town. Yeah, it's the Profanity Nation. Nation. Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Profanity Nation podcast. You know we are here. We are the voice of the professional fan here every Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Pacific, streaming live on the Infanity Studio streaming channel on YouTube. Hope everybody's doing good tonight. We've got a great guest, but before we get into who our guest is, let me introduce my co-host as I always do, Mr. Money Mike. What's going on, my man? Yo, I decided to be happy today. That's why I wore our profane nation championship shirt because I was thinking about the good times. Okay, so you're, good living, you're living in the past. Yeah, I'm living in the past. Man. All right. The future all right. Ain't well, we'll good. get to that in a second there. Uh, Step Pat, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. We winning right now. Right now. right now. Right now. I don't, I don't know. Right now. At, at least the last second we checked, they were, but now yes. we're on live. So, so you know, in the minute well, I said How much that. time is left? <laughs> Exactly. You know, uh, we, it's we in the fourth. Oh, oh shit. damn. You know yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, I, you guys want the curse. It's bad. trouble time. Exactly. All right, guys. So, uh, as you know, of course, we are a Lakers show, but we have a special guest today. We're going to go ahead and bring him in soon. Uh, we have from Instagram, ball.facts. He's a homie who totally follows the Ball family, uh, keeps everyone up to date with what the Ball family's got going on. That means LaMelo, Lonzo, and LiAngelo. Uh, he's had interviews with LeVar. He's all over the place. But before we get to him, guys, really quick, uh, let's touch base on our Lakers really quick. They are playing right now. They're playing our guys. Um, they haven't been doing good this year, that's for sure. That's an um, understatement. That's an understatement. Um, LeBron is out and injured, so be it. But they're actually playing okay. And you know you know, all the hype's going to come out and be like, oh, maybe we're better without LeBron. Dumb. Dumb, exactly. But it happens every mm, time. Yeah, here, we here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Bunny Mike is that guy. Exactly. There's Bunny Mike. Mike is that guy. We're going to win the streak. What are we going to say then? I we're going to say that. There, we but... win three games in a row. Yeah, are, we going, are we going to – okay, let's start this up. Let's right just start now. with <laughs> a win. Let's, let's start this with <laughs> Let's just start with a win. All right, guys. Well, well, we'll see what happens with the Lakers, and we'll get back to that. Hey, it's ninety-one eighty-six. I'm gonna keep track of the score for y'all. All right, you All right. keep keep track of the score. They're playing <laughs> the uh, the other mess on the other side of this uh, island that we call North America, and the uh, Brooklyn Nets, uh, who was the other supposed super team that's playing like shit as well. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but they made a change at least with their coach, and they've got that you know that spunk right now at least for that end of it. Uh, but let's go ahead. Let's bring on our guest so that uh, he ain't waiting any longer. Uh, let's go ahead and bring on Facts from Ball.Facts on Instagram. Right. Facts, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great, man. Y'all got it rocking up here. I like y'all whole style, y'all whole flow. This is a nice, nice, nice thing. Well, thanks, you, man. We appreciate you, man. you coming on. Thank you so much. We'd have you in studio, but you're also on the other side of this island somewhere. Uh, not near L.A., but when you get out this up, way. Buddy? What's when up, you Martin? get out this way, we will bring you. What's up, Buddy, what's up? Hey, man, I got to ask you, man. Why do they keep on giving uh, LiAngelo Ball blue balls? <laughs> straight up. like. Oh, man, he went straight for the juggler. I just want to know, like, is he on the team? He ain't on the team. We gonna bring you know, him he, like, we I, just seen, I, they done checked him out, like, four times and then cut him every time. Like, how many times? Of course, you're talking he, about the Hornets, guys. Yeah, Michael I'm Jordan. talking about the Hornets, right? Like, how? I mean, why do they keep bringing them back? You're right. The motives have to be inspected because it doesn't really make sense. And uh, I think they want to change the kind of player that LiAngelo is, honestly. Um, you know, if, if you if you want to turn him into another player, that's a project. And that's going to take a while. And the fact that they didn't play him in the preseason, you know, not a big deal, just not in the preseason with his brother, to me, showed that they aren't accepting of the type of player he is. He runs the floor. He hustles on defense. He spreads the floor. He shoots the ball, you know. And um, when you and got players like a Terry Rozier or a Lamelo, you don't need a lot of dribbling. Jello isn't a Kyrie Irving. He's not a, a, the ball handler like that. But I think they want to change him into that. All right. So, so I mean, do they have? So, bad. so let, let me ask you this. Okay. So, so they're trying to change him, and that that never works when you try and take a player and change him. Uh, to fit you take the player and you use what he does well but uh you know the hornets aren't the only team out there but they seem like the only team willing to give them a look they already got labello so they don't have that pressure of hey we have to do this in order to get the guy we want um why do they keep giving them a look do you think and do you think uh, another team may step up and and give jello a chance 
Um, I do know there are a, a couple, two other teams that were interested in Jello and giving him a look. For sure, I know that. But um, you know that's a good question because you know people like me say Leangelo, you know he's great. So why aren't the other teams seeing it? Um, you know, could it have something to do with the whole entourage that is the Ball family? Um, could it be that they don't think he's the right fit, or do they see him not as NBA talent? You know, uh. But that's a lot of questions that we have because when we see him on the court for small amounts of time, we can't get a full assessment and say this guy just isn't good. You know, then we've seen spurts of greatness. So I'm kind of in the boat, too, of wondering and look, looking around. I even did a video where I said, hey, at this point, the Lakers ought to give him a shot because I feel like uh, we just need to see him play. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, look, he he killed the Drew. You know, I mean, like he came over there. I think the last game he scored 56 points. Yep. Uh, and, you know, they lost every game, but he performed, you know, great. So I, I think you got to remember their team. They had about seven players, six players at times playing with Lonzo's bodyguard, not the most elite type of guys. And I tell people all the time, Jello was training two a days, three a days during this time. And he was put out there playing a position he wasn't he doesn't play point guard with teammates who were, you know, some were good, but a lot were not. So LeVar kind of stacked the odds against him to get him ready to go out to Charlotte where it was going to be an uphill battle in a grind. And even in the Drew League, you know, he didn't have the most impressive performances consistently, but we've seen him break out for, like you said, 50 points. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He definitely deserves a turn. He deserves a, a chance. I just I just don't understand why other teams aren't looking at him. You know, originally when Lonzo came in the league, you know, uh, LeVar was taking a lot of that light and, and you know, taking and making it quite bright for the, the ball family. And I think uh, making some demands and he was very loud, but he's quieted down quite a bit. He's let uh, Melo do his thing. I mean, LaMelo do his thing. He's now letting Lonzo do his thing and, and just wants Jello to get a shot. So I don't I don't think it's it's any of that that's keeping, you know, them from from giving him a shot anymore. Uh, I mean, we're not, you know, talent scouts, obviously, but, you know, we're fans. So we judge by the eye and the eye tells me that the, that the kid can play. Uh, he's a hard worker. And just the fact that he's still at it. Just the fact that he's still fighting, going after it, even though he's had these difficulties to break through while his brothers are already there, that tells you, you know, tells you a little bit about his backbone to begin with right there. Yeah, and now and just to um, add to that, um, I want to go ahead and go back to what Fax said, that at this point in time, the Lakers should give him a run. I mean, I mean, what's the worst that can happen, right? We're already <laughs> – And give I say – Give this, up none. And this is, this, this is no diss – to jello what it is is though there is opportunity and a lot of these teams are saying they're young and they don't have the space for them so but the lakers we need all the youth we can get we need anybody that was some semblance of basketball iq to come in and then do their job and if he's going to hustle on top of it we're missing the intangibles and i think that he can bring some of that to the table is he going to take us over the hump no, but what he will do is give everybody a better assessment because he's going to have a prolonged run time. He's going to give them more time so everyone could get him, like you would say, like Fax was saying, a better assessment of what he is truly and not the little spurts in, in the preseason or the G League and, you know, the Drew League and stuff like that. We can get him against NBA talent and see what he got when we give him, you know, some good run. Well, I tell you what he will do is make a three-pointer. You know. Sign him up now. Well, right. I was, I was Sign him up facts, yesterday. Facts, facts. Uh, what would you say if we're since we're talking about uh, Jello here? What would you say uh, is his strongest point? If if you were writing, you know, the the scouting sheet on him, what are you saying is his strongest point, and what's his weakest point that he needs to work on right now? It's just opinion. I would say this is, of course, my opinion. His strongest point would be um, his hustle, always running and being at the right spot. See, a lot of times we don't see Jello get a lot of, of points because he's so used to playing with high IQ players. Go to the spot and get it. I mean, he's he's always played with Mello and Zoe. Those are some of the top IQ players that you've seen in the league. So he's used to running to his spot and getting the ball in his spots. And when he's there, whether it's a three-pointer or a pump fake, and he's going to get you jumping and try to block your shot because he'll pull with anyone in his face and then take it in, which you haven't seen a lot of his mid-range, which he does have. I went to Greensboro for his first game. I wanted to see up close and personal. What is, you know, I made a lot of videos on this guy based off the video. I want to see him in person. So I went, got some front row seats, um, and he scored 22 points in 24 minutes. And I was so impressed with 
just his physicality and the way he moved with the size. The guy's 230 pounds, solid muscle, <laughs> benching yep. almost 400 pounds, something like that. And mm -hmm. just the physicality and being in his spots. The weakest point, I would say, for Leangelo is his handle, is his dribble. I've, I, I said I would compare him to a miniature um, Carmelo Anthony without handles. Carmelo Anthony, when you give it to him, he'll pull up in anyone's face and he can go low post and he's strong. Everyone says he's so strong and he can just put the ball in the in the hoop. Well, with Leangelo, he doesn't dribble a lot. He hasn't needed to. So, you know, I just feel that even like the Lakers. Now, this is a good point I always say with the Lakers. To go to the Lake show, you got to be built for it. You got to be ready for pressure. You got to be ready for LeBron yeah. to look at you a certain way. And Leangelo has went through the ringer whether being of his own account uh his family his father i think he's ready for that locker room those bright lights he won't feel any pressure he's never felt already you know the guy is still trying to make it to the nba and get scrutinized like he's an nba player you know what i mean um but just to answer your question the weakest point i would say his handles even though i, I think he can dribble um he doesn't really need a lot of dribbles you give it to, give give him the ball in his spot three dribbles he's good that's all he needs he's efficient that's what i would say and so you know Getting to his spots and scoring, that's his strong suit. All right, so hopefully he'll keep going. Uh, let's give a shout-out to Seronius Maximus. Thank you for joining us, my friend. We see you out there. Thank you for posting some comments. Uh, keep it up. Uh, definitely, you're part of the show. We are the voice of the professional fans, so we appreciate it. Uh, let's get on to – Wait, hold on, okay. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, it's 104-89. Uh, Lakers are playing really well in the fourth quarter. All right. And – LeBron's hurt, right? Just want to make sure. Yeah, LeBron's out, and, right, we, cool. and we got the Nets on the, on the second of a back to back. So yeah, I just so want to document. We, we need some chicken soup, so maybe that's some chicken soup to help us <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, guys. I just want to document that. Uh, not playing. Let's move on to our guy, uh, Lamelo. Lamelo is back. He was out for a little while, injured, couldn't start the season on time, uh, but he came back and looks like he didn't miss any time at all. Why don't you go ahead and fill us in on that? Um, so the the negative first. Let's get to the negative because I feel the negative is still a positive. He was one for nine, his from three-point range. But if you watch the game, everything was just in and out. And he did an interview before the game. And uh Ashley, who is Valley Sports over there, she asked him, What have you been doing to prepare? What's cardio? And he's like, uh, he kind of barely answered, said five on five is really the best for cardio. I got to get back into it. So he was shooting around uh through the night, getting a lot of shots up but his cardio wasn't there. And everyone knows you got to get your legs back into it. You got to get your lungs back into it. But I was just impressed with the way that he was attacking the rim, his floater, that, that floater that he has, you know, um, when he came in using that floater, just from the LK, uh, not the LK, uh, from Illawar Hawks, it was just lethal deadly. And I seen that last night. So I was glad to see his floater, glad to see his aggression and his team needs him out there. You know, it's been a media trash can out there in charlotte you know they need some positive vibes they need a kid to come out there and smile have fun and, and you know put on a show and i think that's what he did they did lose he's got to correct that shooting but i think Lamelo's going to turn it up I, I, this kid's got so much confidence i can say that when i met him um for the first time that's what stood out to me Lamelo's confidence and it, it's not forced or anything like that it's almost like their father just put it into them they just believe they're the best if they really told you how good they believe they are you would say what you're just cocky but behind the scenes they really just believe they believe they're that good especially Lamelo. so I, I just got all high hopes for him because i see he believes in himself look i i, I told pat when, when lonzo came to the league i said hey that last one was the best one you know i i told right mm -hmm. my mind pat i said hey yeah we, we talk about lonzo you know, I don't know about Leangelo, but I, I look, Melo, Melo, the best one. Would you agree? What is he the best of all three ball, ball brothers? He's the best alone. Like I would say, because this is an offensive league, you know, and so where Lonzo was twenty times better at him that than at defense and actually shooting. So, but creating his own shot, getting to the rim. That's LaMelo. So I would give LaMelo the slight edge, but, you know, 50% of the game is defense. So, you know, just like LaMelo, they lost at the play-in. They lost two times, you know, and defense has a lot to do with that. So it, it could it's a good argument to say Lonzo could be better because he plays both ends, but I give LaMelo the slight edge, edge right now. So, yeah. Yeah, and LaMelo's got time to grow. 
He's got time to grow into that and learn that, uh, you know, he's going to focus on, on what he does best right now as he's in the league. And then he'll tighten up some of the weak spots as he moves along. And then, you know, getting back, uh, you know, off of an injury, you know, the shot will come, you know, you're, you're rusty. Like you said, there is no way to replicate. You could be on the treadmill all you want. There's no way to mm -hmm. replicate five on five. So, so no matter what you do, your wind is going to be down. You're going to have to get back into game shape. There is no other way than playing games to get back into game shape and then to get your timing back. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the strong points is, like you said, high IQ. That never leaves. That never leaves. That's always there, and that's always going to pay dividends for LaMelo. Yeah, one thing I know about, like, LaMelo is um, when you can see him on the court, he, he has that sense of, I don't know, like showmanship. And 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 I think that's where we we're talking about entertainment and we're talking about like a person with that it factor. That's what I see when I come here. Now he has skills, he has a shot, you know, he can he's definitely deadly on the break. You know, he's gonna make you know, he's a good finisher. He's got the eyes. But you know, it definitely got the you know those eyes, man. I mean he he's he dropped you can see the court. But it just seems like he has the swag that he knows he's good and he's ready to prove it. And I think he knows he has the game to back it up. And I, I like the fact that he's willing to, like, for right now, of course, you know, in some Charlotte might get a little bit too small for him. You know, the, he might grow out of that. You know, however, I mean, I, I think it's a good spot for him right and that now. And that's up to Jordan to, yeah, to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, but he, he will. I mean, it's it's like this. It's like the pretty girl in Iowa, right? Mm -hmm. You know, hey, the pretty girl in Iowa coming to L.A. I mean, she's too pretty for Iowa. She you know what I'm saying? LA. She ain't going, she ain't staying in Iowa. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's what it is. And so I've been hey, man, thinking, we have fans in Iowa, by the way. Hey. No, no, this hey. Iowa. <laughs> but it's Iowa. <laughs> Don't knock Iowa. Yeah. Look, there's one thing I would say. We're, we're going to move over to Lonzo, but look. Yep. Uh, there, there was a lot of good things, you know. I, I don't know if you follow the show or not. I'm not. They they call me a LeBron hater, and I'm not a LeBron hater, but I am a realist, and I point out the things that LeBron doesn't do or hasn't done well at, at the times when he doesn't do it. And so one one conversation I've I've always had with people, especially when Lonzo were on the Lakers, where when was when LeBron was hurt, we were still in playoff contention. Yep. With Lonzo, Lonzo played. held us. Yeah, and Lonzo Lonzo held us, and I and I was trying to tell people all the time that Lonzo definitely uh, kept us afloat playing 500 basketball, and that was like what his rookie year mm -hmm. when he was doing that. And I, and I was telling everybody, like, it was a bad mistake to kind of, you know, trade him because as soon as Lonzo went down, you know, he got hurt, then we just went down in the dumpster. And then, you know, and then LeBron said he was going to be in playoff mode. Yeah. That never happened. Well, see, Lonzo right. has the game for this Laker team to blend in with superstars. Like, he's that perfect complimentary piece. Like, he's going to play defense at the top, which is going to mask a lot of defense, you know, defensive deficiencies, yep, right? Yep. He's going to be there at the point of attack. And so you can, you can slow down the ball. You can get back on D yep. a lot easier than you have a sieve at the top of the key when there's always help, 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 and yep. you're already at the rim. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, to have a person like Zonzo, it's kind of like, you know, having, like, we have Caruso, but Lonzo would have been a lot stronger, like, you know, more physical, um, and I think that, yes, in the retrospect, if we could have kept Lonzo in that trade for AD, I think he'd still be on our team, to be honest with you. Yeah, he'd be a lifelong Laker. Um, let's get, let's get, let's, let's keep on Lonzo here. Okay. Uh, you know, both brothers had some injuries <clears throat> that's going to happen. Um, but that's not necessarily foretelling of their career, what, how it's going to be. Um, but, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, anything to be worried about, or is that just part of the game over there fact? Uh, it's part of the game, but, you know, I guess it would be weird to say there's nothing to be concerned about because it could go either way, right? You know, you got an Anthony Davis, you got a Paul George. Uh, in, uh, injury could go either way, and so far, you know, it's hard to say that he's not injury prone because every year he's, you know, kind of gotten hurt. Um, but he, every time he's come back, he's come back better. That That's always a fact. And I'm hearing good news uh, from Lonzo and all positive vibes. Um, from that side so I feel optimistic about it he has a player option coming up um so you know you see we'll see what happens because I see the Bulls over there they they're building their guards a lot and so I'm kind of questioning what's going to happen with Zoe when he comes back 
Will he come back this year? It's very interesting to see how that's going to turn out. But I think Lonzo is definitely not done. I think he still has a high ceiling. And one thing that LeVar instilled in them is this work ethic just to get better and better. You know, they've trained, you know, LeVar was a personal trainer to kids in the neighborhood, but, you know, they're coming over training once in a while. And Lonzo, LaMelo, and Zagello, they're training all the time. So it's it's just what they do to stay in the gym. That's how Lonzo changed his shot so drastically in such a short period of time because they really lock in. So if anyone can come back, I think it's Lonzo. Um, and I look forward to seeing what he's going to do because I look at the Bulls games and I, I see they still miss him. Um, he's only getting better and better. And I, I'd like to see him one day come back out there to L.A. You know, your guys' team – uh, the Lakers, you put that uh, on Instagram. You said, I forgot what the title was. It was like, the Lakers are trash or something, you said. And I said, oh, man, I don't want to post that. You know, I, I still, I got love for the Lakers. I don't want to put any bad vibes out there. I'd love to see, you know, it come full circle and, and Lonzo go back out there one day, honestly. You know, I, I want to see that that prophecy be fulfilled, really. Yeah, that that's he does belong there, right? It just feels like that's his home. That's where he should be now. Now we're huge Laker fans here, but we're realists. We're not homers. We're you know what we say is is we're the voice of the fan, the professional fan. We take the three hundred section and we bring it down and give them a mic. Uh, we call it straight, and the front office is just a friggin' mess. It is a mess. Um, you know, uh, if if you take numbers, don't lie. You are your record, and Genie Bus is two and seven. Two out of the nine years made the playoffs seven out of the nine years missed the playoffs since she took over the team look we all love here in la we we are absolutely infatuated with the bus family and what jerry bus did for this team and for this city no question but you gotta call it how you see it and at this point genie bus has not gotten it done um, you know, you, you have the bubble championship, which, Hey, we ain't going to, Hey, we tied Boston. We're going to take that. We're going to hold that ring. We're going to wear it proudly. Um, but our detractors call it an asterisk year, call it the bubble trophy, call it the Mickey mouse trophy. And I got to tell you what, the two years that came after that sure didn't bode well for us and sure just gives them a lot more ammo. It doesn't change the title and doesn't change the, 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 the gold carrot or the diamonds on the ring. That's for damn sure. Um, but it sure gives them another, uh, you know, talking point, and that ain't fun on this side of it. No, um, and and the thing is, is like when you have, like you said, the bubble championship, and it's and it's messed up. Can we call it the bubble championship? And and, when we, <laughs> and we shouldn't be calling it. The bubble no, we shouldn't. But yeah, when, you guys are the fans. <laughs> but we feel jaded. Because of the fact that that's what the 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 thing that they use against us, other fans from other teams, yeah, right. exactly, use that against so us. So we wanted to prove. To it. However, saying all that, every if less unless y'all got four or five championships, unless you the Warriors, the Bulls, the Celtics, you can't say the Miami us. Heat, just the San Antonio Spurs. You know what I'm saying? Unless you use one of these teams here. You will take that bubble championship and run with it. Man, y'all be going dancing in the streets, man. Your kids will be talking about it. It'll be a moment you will be sharing with your grandkids. Don't play games with me right now. You will take that championship. Yep. The fact that we are adding to our total to 17, you got a lot. You know, you you you, you have a lot of detractors. But, you got haters. But at the same time, what I notice is let's just think about all of our superstars that come along. Here. And like I said, we're, we're going to be called haters, so be it. I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm going to lean in. You know, I'm going to lean into it. So Jerry West got one. We love him dearly, but he got one. That's why he's lower on the list when we talk about an all-time great. Exactly. Magic Johnson won in Kareem won it in bunches. Kobe and Shaq won it in bunches. Kobe and Powell won it in bunches. All right? When you're talking about the pantheon of Laker great, greats, you got to win them in bunches for us to start even start looking at you in the same light as those other guys. And we, and that's just we not taking dynasties. away, we're not taking anything away from the individual and what he brought to the game. Cause LeBron James is that guy. But man, if, if, if the trade for AD and the, and the acquisition of LeBron only gets us one championship, somebody got to get blamed. So it's either going to be LeBron James, AD, or the front office. But now no one's going to leave in this situation one championship in seven years unscathed. I'm sorry. there got to be somebody that got to And that's the luxury the that the Lakers have yes. and the curse. Yes. It's exactly. both. It's both. Right. You know, mm -hmm. success is that way. Uh, facts. Let's get on to Pops. LeVar, 
A um, lot of judging out there. Uh, in fact, there's probably more judging of LeVar than of his boys, uh, I would think, as far as, you know, was he a good dad? Is he a good dad? Did he, good, did he do good things? Did he not? Look, man, he's got two out of three in the league. Um, they're successful. They're uh, prospering. Uh, they're getting better every day. Bar injuries can't help that. Um, you know, you got Leangelo who, you know, hiccups in college but he's still balling. He's still there. He hasn't had anything else since then. Neither of the other two boys have had anything, and they're in the league. They're not on TMZ. There are no scandals. Um, thoughts on LeVar? Um, I guess you, you got to ju judge a father by the, by the children. Did they feel loved? Did they feel supported? You know, um, were, did they have a happy childhood? And, to this day, you can watch a LaMelo interview on Charlotte. They ask him, oh, where'd you learn this or where'd you learn that? In a quick second, he'll say, oh, that's because of my pops. You know, it's it's a lot of things from far away. But when you get up close and you see the interaction, so when you see love and you see joking and you see happiness, it speaks for itself. Um, I, I had my thoughts of what I thought it was before, you know, just from watching the show and watching the interviews. And I'm like, how much of this is showmanship? How much of this is um, real? You know, wasn't sure, but I, I had a just a belief, and that's why I started my channel on, on that belief. But when I met him, the things that I believed were were true, and that is that he's very supportive. I mean, just imagine, no matter what you want to do in life, if you had somebody in your corner saying you can do it, you're the best, and not only talking about it, but spending the time in the day to go out there and help you do it. Love is not just some little emotion of saying, I love you, I love you. It's really showing it. And, you know, action speaks so much louder than LeVar's words. Everyone's looking at his words, right? And we can talk all day. But when you look at the guy's actions and you look at the guy's children and how they feel and you talk to his wife, you say, you know, if, you've, if you're doing this un in, under your roof and everything's good, everything else is noise. So I got a lot of respect for LeVar. Um, and, you know, everyone everyone has pride you know i've seen lavar's pride and um sometimes where pride can be negative that same pride is what helped you get over the hump so you got to take the good with the bad and you know i just i totally got a lot of respect for the guy you know what's funny you know what's funny about that is like you know because you know obviously i'm a father i have two girls and stuff um and i talk a lot right and and, and i talk so much that my wife when she's ready to go she does a, she comes out, she'll come next to me and run my back. And that basically is letting me know that I need to wrap up this conversation. <laughs> right. We need but, a back scratcher. Over yeah. Here, right? yeah literally <laughs> back. Back you know, that literally is like what that is. <laughs> but I'm saying that to say is that, you know, my kids are used to me talking to everybody all the time. So this is something that my, my girls are used to because they see it every day, you know, and, and they want me to shut up sometimes, but they know I'm going to talk. Right. So I it always tripped trip me out because they always when they would go and ask, you know, about what LeVar is saying, whatever. They grew up with that. They grew up with him mm -hmm. talking loud and and and, you know, being, you know, uh, uh, um, forecasting what's going to happen. They grew up with that like all their life. So they for them, no it was a normal thing that they saw every day. Right. For the media and the world and ESPN and TMZ and all that stuff, it was new to them and they didn't understand it. But the kids, never, they never bothered them because they've been doing it his whole life. Mm -hmm. He's been getting people in the face all night. He's been talking trash the whole life. Mm -hmm. So it was that's why it always was comical to me, because, you know, they, they're used to that. So it never bothered them. And everybody else wanted it to bother the kids. But and I'll say this. If you don't like LeVar, you might not like LaMelo. They are so much alike. When they're around and talking, I'm like, wow, LaMelo is a lot like LeVar. He says what he thinks. He, you know, sometimes, you know, he gets to his professional mode. He tries to get there for these interviews and, you know, but you'll see you still slip out. You know, they just, they speak what's on their heart, what's on their mind. They're very candid and they're just used to it. Well, yeah, right. And even on when you watch the show, he would have, you know, LaVar would have to be like, hey, LaMelo, don't, you can't be doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to reel him in sometime and let him know, like, hey, you're going too far, even even on my on his standard. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> I could do that, but you can't. But at the same time, look, like, I, I see my like my daughter. She, she literally was born on my birthday. And it's the same thing. Like, I see a whole lot of me and her, and I'm like, ooh, she just doesn't know how to 
you know, cultivated in them. Because I I know that at when I was a teenager, I was annoying as hell. And I know that she annoys her friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> Trying to hold her back, man. You know, you know, you got too much energy right now. It's 11 o'clock at night. Keep it calm. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I'm yeah. trying to let her know, like, yo, you know, cool. That you, you getting on your friend's nerves right now? Though. I know you are because <laughs> I did. You know what I mean? So I, I get that 100. That's funny. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're gonna take a quick break. We're here with Ball Facts, Ball Dot Facts uh, from Instagram. You also have a YouTube channel. We'll plug that in a second. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back. We're going to find out what kind of drove you to the Ball family and made you want to follow them kind of specifically, all right? We'll be Sounds right good. back to watch the Profanity Nation podcast on Infinity Studio streaming channel. Yes, sir. Don't go anywhere. United One Protection Services. With over 30 years of experience, United One Protection Services has more expertise and knowledge than the other security companies combined. Residential, commercial, municipal, or institutional, United One Protection Services does more than just security. We protect your livelihood. United One Protection Services. Hey, welcome back to the show. We are the Profanity Nation podcast, voice of the professional fan. Uh, Mike O-M-G. here, Money Mike, is holding up his hands in victory. Yes. <laughs> what we are officially 3-10. and ten. Oh, shit. Okay. With the one-game winning streak. Yeah, okay. and we, and we, and we, <laughs> we beat the Nets. And Kevin right? Durant. And Kevin Durant. So, you know, former MVP. You know, there you we, go. Look at the price there side. you go. Without yeah. without Kyrie, without Kyrie, without your boy you know? Ben Simmons, I don't think played either. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, Ben Simmons ain't scored double digits <laughs> the whole season. Nah, he ain't. But hey, look, look. Final score one fifteen, one on three. <laughs> Man. You know what I mean? That looks like it was a good win. They scored. Um, Thanks, Sharonius Maximus. We appreciate it. They outscored them by ten points in the fourth quarter. We got um, highest score was uh, uh, Anthony Davis thirty seven points. But you know who I'm proud of? I'm proud of my double double. With Russell Westbrook, 14 points, 12, uh, 12 assists, and, and six rebounds. Hey, man, I that's think Russ Westbrook Cook, is doing man. a good that's job, man. Cook. Awesome. Well, he's doing can't, better. Can't train him. He's, yeah, right. He, all, he instantly <laughs> became untradeable. All right, let, let's get back to facts here. Uh, facts, what is it? Obviously, you're a basketball fan. Uh, did you grow up a basketball fan? If so, you mentioned the Lakers. Was the Lakers your favorite team? Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about that and then lead us into uh, how you kind of settled in on following the ball family. So, yeah, I like basketball. I was born in Chicago, so and moved throughout Illinois. So been a Bulls fan, you know, a lot okay. of the time. Um, now I'm more so of a players fan. Certain t- organizations traded certain players that I liked, and I started saying, I can't be loyal to these organizations. I need to be loyal to these players. So I'm more of a players fan right now. But, you know, I grew up shooting hoops or whatever. Not much. Like, uh, you know, my father was always there, but he wasn't a sports guy, so he didn't help me with basketball. So I didn't really start playing b- basketball until I was a junior. And, I mean, like uh, – high school or something like that maybe middle school yeah middle school and i always thought oh what if i had trained i would have been so much better um and maybe that played a factor in part of me actually looking at lavar going oh that's dope but um uh so that that's my a basketball background just liked watching it like to play it and um then i coached uh park district basketball uh this um eighth grade girls, fourth grade boys, you know, just I started getting into those type of things and and having fun with with kids. Um, And so that's where the basketball stands stands with me. I I get excited about the sport and somebody jumps up and does all this, you know. Um, And then I guess you asked me how I got started on the ball family, right? Yeah. yeah. What what, what made you settle in and say, hey, I'm going to follow them and make them my uh, priority here? Well, you know, there are tons of great players and people ask me all the time, like, why not a job Moran? Why not a Luka Doncic? Well, you know, I started watching the Ball Brothers on YouTube and Chino Hills, just a few games here and there. And I'm like, 
oh, wow, that's pretty cool. They're brothers. Then they get kind of get hipped on the story. And I got a little more invested when I found out that, you know, wow, their father trained them. They're doing this together. And it was not just a story of basketball. It was a little bit more, a little bit more of a father being supportive of his kids and them doing it together. I just love the story. And so I never thought about making a YouTube channel or anything like that. You know, the Ball family, they had good press. They were in the media. LeVar was doing the circuit. People loved the Ball family. You know, and LeVar was doing everything was well until Lonzo kind of stopped producing. In the, And throughout the summer league, people were still saying, LeVar, you know, he's a goat. Yeah, yeah. Then kind of like things, the Lakers started going awry. But whenever I seen the media, how fast they could turn a switch and take you from a great view and to a negative view, I got to thinking like, man, that's just not right. You know, like that's not fair. And I didn't think about it at first, but the more I seen um, the negative press on LeVar, the Ball family and the method that everyone praised not so long ago, I said, man, I want to put a video out there and just tell how I feel. Maybe somebody will um, like it. I'm not sure about it. So I just made a video, um, not thinking about a YouTube channel. I came up with the name Ball Facts pretty quickly, just put it out there made a couple videos a month went by a hundred views something like that you know i went back to work like regular and my phone just got to buzzing in my pocket like zzz, zzz. And one day when i was at work and 100 views turned to 10,000 20,000 100,000 and then i said wow i'm on to something people said come on keep speaking but i really started because i wanted to give a voice that i, I thought that okay we know all the negative things that they've been exhausted let me talk about some of the positive things. And also what I seen was um, there's so many aspects. If you pick one player in sports, you might get bored of a topic. But th these were three brothers in playing three different styles in three different places. They had the family unit. They had the show. They had the background. So it was subject matter that people knew a lot about. So the content, people said, how long can you keep talking about this family? You know what I mean? It's been three years. You know, 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, 100,000 followers on Instagram. And it just keeps growing because the story keeps going and unfolding. But uh, long story short, it's, you know, just like you guys, look at the production you have. I can't tell any difference between Fox Sports and ESPN. The quality, um, the execution, you guys' personality, your delivery is just really on point. And it's a media that I look at and I want to watch. And I said, I want to get that same standard, that level of media and say something different than the mainstream media. Yeah, because look, everything. Hey, first of all, I, I appreciate that. Thank appreciate you very much for that. that was, thank you. That was great love. But thank you. Yeah, 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 definitely. I agree. Uh, thank you very much, too. But yeah, you know, the thing, that's the thing about it. Like, you know, it's very true. When you say the negative media, they really, there's not that much negative that that we really could put out uh, outside of the incident, that one incident yeah. in, in uh, overseas at UCLA. To me, I've never really, other than that, everything is has been everybody's opinion about what they don't like. So I appreciate that you you kind of balance that narrative uh, uh, based on somebody's opinion. Uh, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, there's so many stories all the time about, you know, Debbie fathers and, you know, obviously in the African-American right. community. All that stuff, and you have a guy that's there every day, so active, tell, and people still that, trying that to find tell a reason his kids to knock that him. They can be whatever they want to be, you know, and and people uh, uh, are, you know, trying to say, "Oh my God, how horrible he is, how disrespectful is he is," when he doesn't allow people to create a narrative for him. Right, and and to go on what you're saying is, I think that the way he came out. Um, people saw it as being abrasive. Like, it was something different. Like, it was almost like anything different. they wanted the kids, they thought, oh, well, he's living vicariously through his children, right? He's, you know, he's he's living, like, his dreams through them, and he's talking, like, you know, that, that loud, you know, father at the sidelines of the football game, you know, high school football game. But when you start to really think about it, it was funny because it was almost like we, the, the media was trying to, attached Lonzo's play with his attitude. And then once, you know, uh, Mello came in and he had a guy that was a son that was doing really well. Now it's like, we don't hear about LeVar. Now, I know LeVar's still talking. Yeah, that's a good talking. point. Yep. You know, I, I know he's still talking, but at the same time, it was like, ha ha, see your son fell in. You should have been kept out. Let him go ahead and get some real help. Yep. 
let them go ahead and get some real help and you stay out of it. Let the professionals handle it, you know, dad. And now, now, now Melo come in there showing that, yo, man, I got a formula. I know what the hell I'm talking about. My sons are professional, <laughs> I mean, are professional athletes. They are successful. Yep. We can say what we want about, you know, Jello, but Jello would be any dad out there would love to have a guy like Jello fighting his way into the league, getting him in and out of the Don't league. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a dream. Like, my son almost made the NBA. I can still say, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't make the pro, but he made the NBA. That's a, an accomplishment. Yep. You know, we shouldn't. This fool, I mean, he had he had the formula. And I just find it funny that we don't talk about his attitude and how abrasive he is now. Because now they look at, like, like facts we're talking about. You see Melo, and Melo still got that same swag. He got the same LeVar swag that is, that is so – so, yeah, so what you going to say now? Oh, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree? He's been saying that from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's what it is. And I'm like like uh, Money was saying, I'm happy that we have some people with voices of reason that can come out there and balance the narrative to give us another perspective and show all the positive that comes with it because he never, had it. he never had it wrong. He had it right. It was just he was different. And the media had to catch up to his attitude versus what he had to conform to what the media wanted him to do. I like what you said there. I never thought of that. And I'll probably use that in a video, man. So thank you. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's not LeVar has not stopped talking at all. They just stopped putting the camera in front of them. They just stopped. You know what I mean? It, getting getting the sound bites. You know, it, it would have been some LaMelo rookie of the year, LaMelo all star. And they're just saying, oh, let's let's talk to LeVar. This is he's, he's got to get some credit. And I never understood that. They would say, LeVar, you're living vicariously through your kids. You need to be quiet. They're the superstars. They deserve the credit. They did it. And it was almost saying to normal folks out here as if being a great basketball player is something to applaud. But being a great father doesn't mean anything. Um, you right. shouldn't get any accolades for, you know, three raising three sons and not just raising them because, you know, that's great but also preparing them to have a career field at an elite high level where a slim chance to get in. Um, why isn't that something that we can applaud him for? Where's the uh, award saying best father a year award at the NBA, you know, really showing just the society that it not only putting the ball through a hoop is cool, but also teaching your kids something, learning, investing in your children. That's cool as well. So a lot of people have said to me, man, why are you still talking about LeVar? Just talk about the Suns and the basketball. I always kept that aspect of, you know, this is important as well, because without that, we don't get any of the Ball Brothers. We get none of it. So to, to you know, say we don't like the tree, we just like the fruit is a weird thing to me. And I've always been ready to keep them connected because they are connected. Their family is still so close to this day. They talk all the time. The first thing that happened when I went to uh, LeVar's house, um, he's like, he just called his sons and started letting me talk to him on the phone. And Lonzo comes over and he's like, don't believe the narratives that, uh, you know, we're not a tight family. We're still tight. It's just something people want to put out there. But when you grow up that tight, like Tina didn't potty train them. LeVar did. So you're not going to lose that bond overnight. It is what it is. Even if you have little, you know, disagreements when you're that close to family, I would never bet against the family. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. Yeah. Now you picked up really quick. You 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 talked about it. That's kind of what drove you here. Uh, facts. You picked up really quick on the the media's mo, and that is American media loves to build them up so they can tear them down. Uh, and then the only thing they like better than that is giving them a second chance and building them up again so they can tear them back down. That that's the <laughs> mo. That's the routine of American media. So the fact that you're you're allowing them to build them up and then keep it straight, it's respectable and it's honest. I love it. You know, yeah, when, when NBC picked up my interview with LeVar, I said, yeah, that that's what I wanted to do. That's what it's about. You don't need to go on ESPN or Fox Sports to get the word out. You can come on Ball Facts and I'll build the platform to a point where it's respectable um, to the point where it's recognized and, and sources feel okay with adding a link to a ball facts channel because it's it's on par with everything else, if not better. Exactly. Well, you know, and, and, and look, I'm, I'm gonna tell you one thing that that he's also shown them. Uh, he showed them the business outside of basketball, right? Like he showed them how we're gonna take BBB and we're gonna market it and and sell, you know, shirts. I, and then. You know the good, the good parts and the bad parts about it, right? Yep, you know, yep. take but, a risk, but go for it. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, and and what it takes to, you know, to make a shoe. What it takes to get a full blown clothing line where we're able to tour the world, literally off of merchandise where people are lining up 
like like it's you know Michael Jordan gonna be there, but they're coming to see you guys based on what they see and how you marketed yourself. That's a whole nother entity that people really don't talk about. Especially- I definitely want to talk about that because you're so right. And that's why LeVar stands on his, on the brand, because that's what really made them more different as well. And I think that was the, a lot of a threat to the system in general. That was a threat to even the league's sponsors at times, because you know, the people that sponsor them, whether it be the Nikes, the Adidas or the Gatorade or this or that, and you're coming out saying, I got, we got our own athletes. So we can put our own shoes out. We can put our own drink out. We can put whatever we have out. And I thought that was so cool because the NBA, of course, they're going to make money off you. But now you have an opportunity to make more money off yourself than someone else is. And and that's okay to split things. But that in itself um, is huge. Market yourself. Right. Because he, you know, like, okay, we know that now that Lamelo has a shoe deal, but I guarantee his shoe deal is way better than everybody else's because he knew. We know the ins and outs of what it takes. He understands the value and the worth. And those are all things that were taught by LeVar. So you could go to a major company and be like, nope, you know, you're not doing that. No, you're not doing this. You know, this is my number. You let me know if you want to endorse me or not with this number. LaMelo had options. And I know some of the options that he has for sure and the numbers. And it's ridiculous. He had options because his father built him up a certain way. Even when he pulled him out of Chino Hills, the new coach said, you're not going to be taking all those shots, Melo. LeVar's like, I'm going to put you in positions in every, on every team that you can shine. If it doesn't work, I'll take you to another team where you can shine. And LeVar had him globally known. So if you go to a gym right now, you know, LaMelo isn't the high-ranking player in the NBA right now, but you're going to see his shoes everywhere. You know, yeah. um, they had to give him a high number like he was somebody already. And that's based off of what LeVar did. No one talks about that. All they say is he didn't sign with his father's brand. He signed with someone else. That deal is only for so long. He can go back to his father's brand if he if he needs to. But he wouldn't have that deal without the way that his father branded them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. he could go yeah. back and and make the difference if he does go back. Um, you know, LeVar, we all know, you know, the critics, we know LeVar, you know, took, took some heat. Um, and especially when Lonzo first got in the league and, you know, we weren't the only ones who are talking fans and media. There were some players, there were some players that actually bought into that. And one particularly who's on the Lakers right now, I'm going to talk about him. Okay. Uh, he was never one of my favorite players, but he really lost credit in my eyes. We're talking about Patrick Beverly, uh, Patrick Beverly. I believe he was a Clipper then. And, you know, when Lonzo first came in the game, you know, Patrick Beverly really just laid into him and really, really did and, and, and called him out in the media. Oh, I'm going to show the truth. You know, and he, he's the one who bought in to the LeVar talk and the hype that LeVar was giving more than uh, Lonzo and Lonzo's skill, you know. And uh, I, I personally still kind of hold it. I mean, he's on the Lakers, so I support him, but I've never been a big fan of Patrick Beverly. He's a talker and so forth. But it wasn't just the media. Some of the players that are in the game, they're in the league. They know what it takes to get there. They bought into it, too, and they jumped on board to to argue and scream and yell against LeVar and the, the Ball brothers. You know, I'm not sure if Patrick Beverly was trolling at first or just hyping it up until I seen him push Lon- – not push Lonzo, but kind of like the first matchup, be aggressive towards him. And I thought to myself the same thing. I said – so you're mad because his father believes in him that much. Bingo. I don't know. I don't know if you have children, Patrick Beverly. I don't know if you ha- if your father was there for you. But it's a certain thing when you have a son that you really love and you believe in him. And it, they would say, like, that's barbershop talk, though. You shouldn't talk that way on ESPN. Some people don't change no matter how they are. You ask LeVar about his son where it, when no one's around or when anyone's around, you're going to get the same answer. I believe my son is the best. I believe he has the highest ceiling. I believe he's going to beat it. That's just what he was. So. I agree with you. To me, that's a weak take for any of these players to say, like, your father believes in you so much that I'm going to just try to take it to you. You know, I, I didn't get that either. I'm going to crush your dream here. Yeah. And, it, and it's, yeah, like you said, that's like, what, what are we doing here? Like, you you are mad because he's getting love right. in places that you would never see. And, and going back to LeVar, um, it, I just think that when he came out, it was people were like, like you said, um, um, it was the fact that the players, some of the players took it upon they themselves to go ahead and show him the ropes. But I just, I mean, and that's not saying that that doesn't happen. That happens all the time in sports. They just don't come out and say they're going to show him the ropes. 
They show him the ropes and they play. He goes to the line. You know, he goes to the lane. He get knocked down. He's a little bit too hard, a little too aggressive. You know, the, the pick come a little bit too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, welcome to the league. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's, that's normal. Welcome to the league. Yeah, you know, so. that's normal. But I want to piggyback off that because you're right. Like, you, even LeVar would walk into gyms when he, when they were young and playing against older kids, and he would say, my boy's going to beat everybody. And then some of the players are like, oh, okay, he's talking. Let's try to beat him. He LeVar didn't even care that people took that stance. He he wasn't in the in the mindset of, oh, you guys are going to be hard on my sons because I talked about it. And he's like, big whoop de doo bring it on. And, you know, they made a bigger deal about it that didn't need to be. I mean, I even thought them just putting the spotlight on the players while they talked about it was a little odd, in my opinion, as well. Yep. Yeah, and I think um, – um, I think – so – Look, I mean, look, I, Lonzo, I wouldn't say was was um, dealt a, a bad hand because he was able to come to Lakers. However, if you have a father that's talking you up as much as LeVar is, the last team you want to get drafted by is the Lakers because you know where to hide. The heat. There's literally nowhere yeah. to hide. Either Bright you have eyes. to be the best of the best of the best, or it's really going to get hard because and, it's, it's unforgiving. But it's a pressure cooker that iron sharpens iron. And you know what I'm saying? And, you know, pressure makes diamonds. And you know what I'm saying? And so if you can come through the pressure cooker of Los Angeles and L.A. media, then everything else is cake. You know what I'm saying? Versus LaMelo having the skills and it's looking like, damn, he's killing over there with the Hornets. You know, with the, you know, with the, you know so it's like, damn, mm-hmm. he balling. But it's the Hornets. You know what I'm saying? And so the media is there, but it ain't. New York media, it ain't LA media, so it's the like expectations are different. He, he, the expectations are a little bit subdued, and so yeah, I think that yeah, adding the whole pressure cooker of Los Angeles, having Lavar being really excited about his first born son being in the NBA was a like like everything was like in a microcosm, you know, everything just pretty much just what it was. Under a you know, I believe that the Lakers players were a lot to do with that. Like this is yep. what I say: Lonzo had never been in a place where he had to go into the locker room and take the keys and, and say, I'm the guy. You know, his father coached him. He was the guy. You're you're it. You know what I mean? He's always the number one guy, even in summer league. They they respected him in summer league. Like, yes, Lonzo, this is about you. Then he gets to the team, and Magic is like, this is his team. This is his team. I, I feel like, but then with Luke Walden and the players, they, someone forgot to mention it to them because I don't feel the attitude of the players were there. Like, Zoe's our guy. We're running with you. And yep. this is just from a perception of watching the game because I didn't know them back then. I didn't see that his teammates bought in like, yeah, he's our leader and he's going to have the banner up there. Like Magic said, I felt like they were still jockeying for a position. You had Clarkson, you had Ingram, you had Kuz. And it was like kind of like a, they were on the same team. But I seen people's eyes looking at each other like who will be the alpha dog. And mm-hmm. I feel like Lonzo had never been in a situation where he's like got to take the reins and say I'm the leader. So he did the best he could. But I, I believe that, um, you know, that's why I say Jeannie Buss, um, Rob Polinka didn't handle that situation right. With Magic leaving, as soon as Magic left, I said something is wrong and it's going to go away. And it, it definitely did. Yeah, and you know, it still is. You know, well, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? The, let, let me what, what I thought was like really, really interesting in that is like a lot of in, in a lot of people don't really I think they don't under really understand basketball and the type of player that Alonzo was or is, you know, especially at that time. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, it, everybody had the expectation that he was gonna come out and just be like like hundred percent amazing or whatever. But I always remind him, I said, yo, when Chris Paul came into the league, Chris Paul wasn't Chris Paul. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He had to build up to be Chris Paul. Steph you, Curry, you, same thing. You thing. know, same thing. Yeah, Steph Curry had to build up because it's because of the position that they play. Yep. You know. Yep. You know. Point so guard isn't just coming. Yeah. In you, you, and, you, you, I like it, that. Yeah. It's, it's very rare that I mean, Magic did, but it's very rare that that a player in his position would come up and they would get even like John Moran. We really weren't looking at John Moran to be like what John Moran is now. You know. Yeah, because John Moran was like Murray State and skinny. Right, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and yeah. now he filled into that body, and now he's yeah. a problem. And, and, and Tatum the same way. It's like, there's so many players that people, that they like wrote them off. And I'm like, you guys not even allowing him to develop to uh, to be in who we could be in the game. So I, I, I definitely love that he was able to excel you know, where he is, I'm like, oh my God, this guy is actually really good. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know, for that reason, because it's like, I feel like people just 
had a disconnect to understand the type mm-hmm. of player he is. He he's not a player that's going to go hide and, in the corner and wait for the ball. Right. You know what that, I mean? That's easy. If you're a shooter, you're just going to go. You're going to post up on the uh, outside the line and and wait for the pass. You know, he's got to control. He's the general of the floor. That's a lot more responsibility. The timing is different. The speed of the game is different. The caliber of the players are different. The strength of the players is different. That takes time for the point guard position to to gather. Well, there's a couple things, right? So when he was in in high school, I mean, when he was in college, I I was watching him at UCLA, and he was shooting the ball like pretty much Steph. Like he was shooting those long three-pointers, and that was like kind of like the thing. And so they thought that he was just coming and going to be raining. But then when people started looking at the shot, then they just start focusing on his shot mechanics. And it was a whole big thing about his shot mechanics were a little off. He's not making a shot because his shot is like a little ugly or whatever it happened. And he, of course, right now, look at it. It just he's now like, you know, mid to high 30s now in a three-point yeah, shoulder. Like so he's definitely adjusted this shot. His shot looked a lot better. I mean, I think he's gonna come back. He will get to around 40 at the like I would say around six years in the league. He will have that shot, but everything was easy to pick on. You know what I'm saying? There were things to look at. There were little things to nitpick. And it was just the noise of L.A. I just thought it was just like overbelling. And somebody shouldn't have that kind of, you know, pressure on him coming into, like I said, the the, the organization of the Lakers. All right. Yeah, I agree. Hey, hey facts. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting toward, uh, excuse me, we're getting towards the end of the show here. And uh, we always finish our show uh, with a segment we like to call Money Mike's Out of Bounds. So Money Mike is going to share his thoughts or opinions on a topic. And it's really simple. He just wants to know if we all think that those thoughts are inbounds or out of bounds. Money Mike? You now, facts. Hey, let me just tell you. First of all, you have to agree with me because you're on our, our, our show. Yeah, uh-huh, you don't you know, have to. Your name, no. is, your name, your name is Facts. <laughs> yeah. you know, so we're gonna speak to Facts, and, and here we go. So hey, look. So look, I, I'm. We're gonna go back on these Lakers, right? We see what the, what the Lakers are doing, and and from the beginning, they've been trying to trade Westbrook, you know, for whoever they could get. Now they're talking about they're trying to trade. AD for whoever they can get. Now, here's my question. Am I out of bounds for saying that LeBron James has like a force field around him and no one is allowed to say anything negative? Or maybe trading LeBron is like probably the best thing that we could do to get for him. You know what I mean? So am I out of bounds to say, why does why is there a, a, a force field around LeBron when nobody feels like they want to say anything negative about him? I think people should say, speak the truth about LeBron just like, just like they speak the truth about Westbrook and AD. All right. You're up, Fax. Is he inbounds or out of bounds? My good sir, you are inbounds. There you go. Uh-huh. There you go. All right. And I'll tell is that it? Or no, can no, I say no, why? No, wait, 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 back it up. No, back back it up. Back. You're inbounds. I mean, he's getting to the latter years of his career. He can't carry a team right now. And it's not a bad thing that you want to be traded because it means you have value. And right now he's their poster child and he can't be touched and he won't be touched. But I don't think that's right because when he's all said and done and he leaves the Lakers organization, what shape is he leaving it in? Um, and so I think he should be able to be um, you know, the same way as Russell Westbrook needed to recognize, okay, come off the bench the same way as Le- uh, LeBron can recognize like, all right, you know, I, I'm saying I want L.A. to be, you know, such a good team. Look around you and see what's going on. You you, you got to be open for discussion and see what they put on the table. You can't just be like, I'm King James and that's it. Every player is a player. Um, You're all players. So you're all su- yeah. susceptible to that. Uh, I, think, I think, first of all, um, Mike, I understand where this is coming from. And uh, <laughs> I know this is not hate. But um, yeah, there's there's no way we're trading LeBron. James. No, I'm just saying, and I'm saying there's no way. There's no honestly, if we're talking about the Lakers organization, right? How can we do that and at the same breath try to pitch some free agents coming to the Lakers? How do we do that? How do you trade LeBron James, and especially after you had two years to try to make a team around him? Now the fact is this. I know LeBron James is not LeBron James of, of year 15, but he's still getting 27 and 7. And he's still getting some, if he's getting 27 and 7, and that's your base, that's what he can give you on a nightly basis. 
he shouldn't have to carry the team because he's in year 20. So if you're still doing that, if I can say to myself, I'm going to give you guys 27 and 7, and AD does his part, it's literally on the front office to be able to give me players one through three to be able to go, or I won't say, I would say three through five, yep. to, to like spread this load out. Like, why we don't have an 18-point-a-game score on this team? Yep. Why don't we have a 14-point-a-game score with, with, Consistent. A, a, uh, with you know, top 10 in the league assists or having the 40, you know, 40%, three-point percent, a specialist? Like, we don't have the necessary tools to even create a team. So I know that we want to go ahead and probably get something for them, but we got to think about the long game. Ain't no way in the world we go ahead and treat LeBron James this way for him to, like, then – because Clutch is still going to be there. Even though LeBron don't play, <laughs> yeah, they're going LeBron, Paul, Rich Paul is still going to be young enough yep. to cause a yeah, lot of damage remember. for the next 20 years. So let's not play. Let's let's think about it. Let's pump our brakes here, and let's think about the ramifications if we do not treat LeBron James with whatever respect he thinks he deserves. I'm just I'm just saying. All right, so team. so so you have so is he inbounds or out of he's out of bounds? All right, he's out, out of bounds. bounds. <laughs> you're out of bounds. Well, why am I out of bounds? I mean, well, you, because you want to trade LeBron, but you so you don't agree that we that can't do it though because it's because of logistics, not because of basketball performance. What do you mean? Why would it be basketball performance? He's playing well. Why would it be basketball performance? He's still one of our top. Performers. If it's twenty-seven to seven. And he's shooting almost fifty percent. How is it basketball? Play? Well, I mean, Westbrook getting double doubles right now. Okay, so, uh, but him? you're not training him though. No, why are we not training? But we're not training. I'm just saying, why can't point. we have a conversation? Why can't he be in we, a conversation? Well, why is well, who are you going to get for Russell Westbrook though? That's the problem. Why you said why not trade Russ? Or what are you going to get for Russ? Uh, so all, all I'm Russ. saying is, all I'm saying is, we have three people. We have Westbrook. We have AD. Why is LeBron untouchable? Nobody. Everyone says, you know, oh, you should get rid of AD to get assets. It's time. You should get rid of Russell Westbrook to improve the team. But nobody says, you know, you should get rid of LeBron. Um, I'm going to say you're out of bounds. However, it is close. And the reason why it's close is because there's really only one team in the league that shines brighter than the players. And that is the Lakers. Any other team could never afford to get rid of a superstar like LeBron and survive that. You just can't do it. Uh, the Yankees are, you know, in, in baseball, they're that team. We're the Lakers. We're that team. We're the only team that could probably say, hey, we're doing what's right for the team and we're going to do this and survive it. Um, however, you're right. Uh, and uh, the optics aren't good for free agency, and it's quite possible, we'll never know, but it's quite possible that giving Kobe that extension when everybody already knew Kobe was done uh, is what brought LeBron here, knowing that he could finish his years in L.A., and L.A. will take care of him through the end. Uh, it's quite possible. Now, we know you may <laughs> regret that decision ever even happened, but it's quite possible that came into play, which means it's quite possible that that could be in our next free agent superstar's mind as far as where they're going to go uh, to play out and and make a difference in this league. So, uh, Man, look, I said trade that dude to Phoenix, let them try to win the championship. Then and LeBron, if they win, how do you feel? Then, hey, cool, you know. No, yeah, league, yeah right. They got Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. All right, well, look, there, there's <laughs> okay, what, what, this is what we need to do. This is what we need Booker to do. We need to stop talking. Hey, hey, hey. We need to stop talking about any trades until we improve our front office because they don't have the right frame of mind to make a good trade that's going to improve this team anyways. So it doesn't matter who we trade. They don't have the caliber. But we're not going to acknowledge that LeBron is the GM, right? Because the reason why Westbrook came over here is because of LeBron. That's the problem that that the, the front office allowed LeBron to be the GM. That's you why. just admit it. He's in bounds because we got to get rid of the front office, and that is LeBron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm calling Polinka out. I'm calling Jeannie Bus out. Um, you know, they're the ones that are on the hot seat right uh, now. Hey, and, and and Jeannie Bus, please. We know you're watching, right? Uh, <laughs> Jeannie, please feel brave, feel strong. Hire outside of the Lakers oh, family if you yes. need to. Uh, you don't have to stick with referrals and or people who played within the Lakers organization all the time. Uh, there are lots of high caliber executives and front office people um, expand the front office. Coach. Our scouting oh. is tremendous. We probably have one of the best scouting teams in the league. South Bay does great. Our young players, you name them, everyone we trade away is balling. 
straight balling right now. You name Jordan Clarkson, Brandon Ingram. They're balling. We have the scouting. We just need the GM to put these pieces back together. We need someone of caliber. Mitch Kupchak, it was time for him to go. That's fine. But putting Palinka in there, first-time GM, just because he, you know, had a relationship with Kobe, that was the wrong decision. Own it. Move on. No excuse for that extension. Uh, look, ball, ball look at Look at USC. Once USC went outside of their family, all of a sudden – we yep. play really well. Big differences. Yes, uh, Jeannie Buss is calling Laval Ball right now, Zach. Hey, there, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Sir Rodius, you're awesome. Yeah. Uh, Ball Facts, please let everybody know who's watching and listening the best way to keep up to date with you and what you've got going on. You want to keep up with me, the entire Ball Facts movement, YouTube, Ball Facts, Google. We're going to be the number one pop-up. So Ball.Facts on Instagram, or you can go to YouTube and just type in Ball Facts, and we'll be there. We're going to be dropping heat for uh, all the Hornets games, Swarm, if they ever play Leangelo, Alonzo when he comes back as well. We're gonna, I'll keep you guys connected on all that. Uh, you're appreciate awesome. You. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for taking time out of your night. We really appreciate it. Our followers and our listeners appreciate it. Uh, to everyone out there, you're watching, you've been watching the Profanity Nation podcast exclusively on Infanity Studio streaming channel and available on all podcast stations this Tuesday. Every Tuesday we release the podcast. So we will be back next week, next Sunday, 8.30 p.m. Pacific. You know where to find us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Paul Fax. I got Thanks. one thing. Oh, uh, one, one thing real quick. Um, uh, shout out to uh, my boy P. Johns. It was his birthday. Day. He's a friend of uh, the show. He uh, lis listens every go. week. Um, so, yeah, we want to let you shout out P. to P. all the people at P. Johns. If you out there, man, peace, man. Happy birthday, man. And, uh, yeah, dude, uh, thank you for listening, everybody here at Ball Facts. Thank you for coming on the show for us. Um, Thanks, guys. Goals, that's, that's my time. That's so it. <laughs> it. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Peace.